thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. You're all good. I know I am. I know that. Um, I know that you're Mr. Brad. I am, and I will be getting good. I'm all good, right. and I will be getting even better. Good, getting better. In my head, I'll be getting better. Mm-hmm. But with this beer I'm drinking, woof, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. <clears throat> yes. So. Good. Um, well, I'm Andrew, and this is the Bruneview Podcast. So I say, well, you just get in. Let's get into what you're. Uh, let's not tease them. What are you drinking? Oh, yeah. Uh, so this is... Uh, you know, words. I think I kind of uh, talked about it a little bit last week, but uh, I bought this bottle at the local beer distributor. Mm. Um, the guy was giving out samples of stouts, and this is the one I picked. It's called a Virginia Black Bear. It's a Russian Ooh. Imperial Stout from Licking Hole Creek Brewery. All right, come on. This is a family show. <laughs> Licking Hole Creek Brewery. Uh, so this is this one is a two-time gold winner at the Virginia Craft Brewers Cup. Uh, it's bold and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Best describe uh, bold and aggressive. Best describe this 
Assert Avail. This is like cursive, and man, now I'm starting to get old. I'm starting to hold away from my faith. <laughs> um, uh, ten specially. No, whatever. This thing's heavy and hoppy, a little hoppy, and dry, and just, just a like, for lack of a better word, bear of a stout. Um, it's it's fantastic. I really like it. Um, it's just kind of gotten off my thing because I was just blown away by it. But yeah. uh, <laughs> looking at my untapped, come on now, come on, 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 come on. My ratings, my ratings, where I'm at. Bam. Nailed it. Um, didn't nail it. Okay, 9.3 ABV and a 78 IBU, which I think we talked about a little bit about that last week. You know, a 78 on an IBU on a stout is pretty heavy like you know like you don't usually get that stout taste on air. maybe i was talking about it with ryan i don't know um i feel like we were having this discussion yeah about um oh yeah because i think i was having a porter that was pretty high ibu last yes. week yeah yeah yep, i think and and this is the same kind of thing and i actually can taste the stout um I'm kind of surprised like the the common rating for this is a 3.84 uh, but I would, I'd, I'd question that. Well, maybe they should question me because I gave it four seven five. I really mm. like this beer. Um, the only thing that kept it from being a five is the price point. I mean, it's for a uh, a bomber bottle. You know, this is how many ounces? Uh, one pint. Um, I guess that's a bomber, right? Yeah. Um. It's, uh, you know, 13 bucks, which, you know, I guess if you had two beers, of, you know, two pours of this at a, at a, uh, you know, restaurant or, or something like that, then it would be closer to 20 bucks, you know. Sure. Uh, but it's still, you know, a little heavy, but uh, I really, really like it. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Licking Hole Creek Craft Brewery, uh, Virginia Black Bear. And out of the stouts that I was having there, I can't really remember what they were uh before but uh since then because it's been a little bit too long too many beers since but um this is the favorite out of all and i knew right away this is one i'd like to talk about um i mean it just it keeps that head on there for a while yeah you know, looks, there's this where a lot foamy of, barrier yeah where a lot of those like stouts and 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 um and porters they'll lose that that head you know after a while, but this thing just keeps like you can track your drinks yeah. on it, which I really yeah, like. It leaves that kind of body on the glass. Yeah, very good. So, what do you have? I am just finishing up my check-in here to um, Goose Island's Bourbon County brand wheat wine ale uh, from 2018. It's that time of year again. Um, I did not know that I'd be able to find. Um, uh, Goose Island's Bourbon County um, program has uh, been growing in recent years. Uh, they they have coffee ones. I've got one from 2016 that is a barley wine. Um, uh, but it typically it all it all started with the stout, and I haven't had much outside of the stout. I love the stout. Um, it's one of those I look forward to being able to have it every year. Um, 
and uh, I found some. There was a uh, actually a bagel shop selling <laughs> selling these, so I picked up a couple bottles because they do age. Um, you're able to age them, so I don't know if they age pretty well. It's only time will tell. Right. Um, but yeah, so now tonight I am having my first, um, this is the first time I've had this variant, uh, the wheat wine and, uh, it's sweet. It's, um, it's definitely like warms you up a little bit Mm -hmm. as it's going down. Um, it's, it's smooth and fruity and, um, the wheat part, uh, kind of made me a little nervous, um, just because I don't typically like wheat beers uh but man this is i I mean it tastes nothing like a wheat beer it just shows how little i know um but man is this good i gave it a 4.5 um it's i i'm i'm happy to be having it and i'm happy that it's uh turned out as as uh delicious as it did it's a uh, 15.4 abv so i'm trying to take my time yeah i'd say i would that's uh that's a heavy one right there yeah Boy. yeah and then i can only imagine i'll probably hold on to the other bottles for at least two years <laughs> can only imagine what that'd be like yeah um yeah but just, yeah and again the 60 ibus like yeah hmm, i don't know um yeah that that definitely does look good it's uh rating very high four four point eight one eight uh with seven seven thousand low over seven thousand uh reviews mm-hmm. and uh i guess one of our friends christian d oh, nice. uh has also rated it as well um at a four point two five oh who is who is christian d i don't know but <laughs> But he's he's hoping the Saints pull their heads out of their asses. I was I was guessing he was one of yours friends. But perhaps not. So. No. Um Joe P. Al W. These are some of his other friends who've toasted this. <laughs> I don't know these guys. Um Yeah, I agree. So he says strong strong toffee presence, good stuff. Here's hoping my Saints pull their heads out of their ass. Boozy, <laughs> sweet, and somehow smooth. I agree. Um, I don't really get the toffee necessarily, um, but you know, what, what the hell do I know? Mm. Uh, and and uh, but it definitely is boozy, sweet, and somehow smooth. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying it out of your tulip gra- glass. Yes. Yeah. Call. My fancy glass that I keep having to um, put something over. Are you able to even see that? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you got some the fruit flies are didn't see any uh, in the apartment. And then I cracked this open and they're just <laughs> hovering around I'm like, oh, hey, there you are. Oh, but yeah. Uh, the Saints. One, one thing this? I don't have to worry about right now. Yeah. It's a little chilly up here. Can you see when someone checked in? I'm assuming this was. Uh, Maybe it was Thanksgiving Day. Perhaps. Perhaps. Or the first half of the Tampa Bay game last week. But, oh, yeah, someone said go Cowboys, LOL. Fuck you, Jeff P. <coughs> P probably stands for piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, 
That's that's the uh, Bruin View way. Just making friends everywhere we go. That's right. Thanks for being our friend. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh. Anyways. Yeah, I'm glad glad someone else is enjoying it. It seems like a lot of people are. So cool. We picked two winners this week. Yeah. All right. Two good beers. Uh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I haven't done a whole lot of X. Uh. What I we went. This last weekend, uh, we went up to a uh, a casino. Uh, yes. My wife and I and Ryan and his wife went up. I heard, and I'm fun. jealous. Um, uh, and the beer is bad. Um, but uh, one thing I do like about going, uh, we did go to a, uh, a, a decent, like, bar slash brewery. Uh, I think it was called Fagels, and they have a uh, one of the beers that is a staple up in this area by Trogues is a like the the Mad Elf, yes, which is like this super heavy um, uh, Belgian like triple uh, triple just just heavy as hell, just all kinds of uh, fruit flavors coming out and stuff. And this uh, so the Mad Elf in this this particular brewery did a uh, what was it? It's like a, it's like a knockoff of it. It's a little. It's like a drunken elf or something. To, I I need to look it up on my on my check in. But uh, which it's that time of year, uh, getting the very heavy holiday yeah. uh, Belgians and you know those uh, kind of holiday beers. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. At least in this area. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple of those this weekend, which was nice. Um, you know, celebrating the holidays. Heck yeah. Went to the, the little town of Bethlehem. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Pay your pay tribute to the old yeah. country. Yeah. Sounds like, um, uh, sounds like the people there are, are not, uh, not rude, but maybe just ignorant. <laughs> a little. <laughs> I it was if uh just listen to uh the podcast this week, uh Stan Spanavoid. Um Ryan had one of the best just kind of dismissive lines that mm-hmm. I've heard in quite a while. And yes, yeah, we had a, a fun time with that. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> we say it was uh, uh anger improv or angry improv, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, episode 220 for you guys. Hold it. Huh? <laughs> Which also made me laugh. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, nice. But yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, and just uh, I do like the places uh, we've. I went this week. Um, well, <laughs> my. Uh, well, we got a Dave and Buster's near us. Sure. Finally. <laughs> finally. And, um, finally. Yes, it's actually yeah. It it just opened here recently, and we introduced it to my son here a couple of weeks ago, and um, my <laughs> Brooke asked Liam. She said, "Hey, we should take Daddy out for his birthday," and <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And he goes, "Well, I bet she'd really like to go to Dave and Buster's," which you know, <laughs> he, I, he was wrong. <laughs> no, just he kidding. wasn't. <laughs> but what I do like about those places is they sell. They do cater to the uh, 
to the fathers in those places sure. as well because they always served like the 24 ounce uh yeah the, the 24 cup. ounce beers you know yeah. you want a, a small one or a big one in the small one you know is a 16 ounce or 20 you know or you get the 22 ounce or 24 ounce whatever they sell so it is always nice to get a big old almost a pitcher of beer yeah do you want a reasonable uh, beer or do you need a break from reality <laughs> yes i'd like a little break please yes Let's uh, let's tone down everything around here. Yeah. Uh, oh, you'd like our big beer then? <laughs> uh, the noise—it's a little noisy in here. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right, twenty-four ounces of uh, Michelob Ultra coming up. <laughs> yeah. What did you hear me say that? Because no, thank you. Um, we had for the brewery our Christmas party. And it was at a bar, and the only thing covered was our beer. Really? Like, we we had, I mean, they had liquor and wine, um, but we had, like, a private section, and the only things they had were, th- were three of our beers. It's like, <laughs> drink these all the Dude, time. Yeah. Come on. That's like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It's like someone that, like, picks you know cranberries all day Mm -hmm. and they get like cranberry juice someone orders for them yeah hey just give me anything i don't care yeah some cranberries yeah no damn it (laughs) give me something else literally anything else yeah or yeah when i said anything i meant anything other than cranberries every anything but Mm -hmm. yeah uh which whatever that's fine It, it just it's just goes right to what some of us feel about those guys is that they don't understand that like craft a lot of people in craft beer view it as a community and they're like no we're we're gonna drink our we we make the superior product we we only drink our product around here (laughs) whatever um but it actually it was a lot of fun um we uh participated in a white elephant gift which i'm uh gift exchange which i'm very anti um but i had fun because they supplied all the gifts oh really yeah they're like bring a gift if you want to participate and then i guess foresight kicked in and they were like let's just bring a bunch of stuff so that everyone has to participate yeah there you go okay yeah but uh yeah when when it's not your 15 bucks and under to on the line it can be a good time <laughs> oh man i've never uh, i've yeah yeah i've never had to i've tried to follow like when um I've, i try to like i don't know how what out like the gifting and regifting and rejecting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't get the the white elephant gift. But I yeah, I just have a problem with, uh, and maybe this is a little bit of a uh, foreshadow for an upcoming Mavs episode. But I just don't like why do why should I spend fifteen dollars on something stupid that I that no one needs just to go home with something else that's stupid that no one needs? Come on. Yeah, but you had fun. I did have fun. Prob- that's that's the probably the whole thing. <laughs> that's probably the point of it. Yeah. But prob- like I said, my money wasn't on the line. Hmm. 
you know. Uh, cool. Well, um, yes, follow us on Untapped if mm-hmm. you haven't already. Um, we're Brewing View Pod, just like it is on Twitter. Yes. And, our and Facebook and Instagram and MySpace and all the other platforms. Good luck with that. Yes. But um, Yes, really. We wish you luck. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow us, follow us, and maybe you could, uh, yeah, follow us, and we'll we'll find out that you're following us on the next episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, anything else on beer? Uh, no, not really. Um, oh, I, I, you'll like this. I had the new. Um, uh, Brute IPA from uh, Miel, which is the brewery uh, that just opened up near me. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. I am Brute. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. And their their logo is a cassette tape. Oh, I, I like that <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. I do. Is it good? It is good. I liked it. Um, Brute IPAs, I haven't really had many, so I don't know what it's supposed to taste like. Um, but the brewers at our bar have kind of said, like, no one really knows, like, what the standard for a good Brute IPA is yet because it's still a pretty new style. So, Yeah, I can't even say that I've had one. Yeah, I'm just waiting for someone to tell me what I think about it. So, hmm. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. It was very different than the one because we have one now, too, um, at, at Port Orleans. It's very different than uh, that one. How, did, how, how would you explain it to a, uh, a patron? Uh, I would explain it incorrectly by saying uh, we use champagne yeast, um, which I later found out <laughs> the brewer, one of the brewers, uh, was nice enough to actually correct me after the fact, which I appreciate because I don't know who I heard it from. Um, but I was like, champagne yeast, that makes sense. Uh, but it's actually, so there's an enzyme that they add um, that produces certain sugars that are going to get um, targeted by yeast. Um, that's going to give it a really dry flavor, hence brute, similar to a champagne. Right, the, yeah. Um, and it is technically an IPA, um, but the thing that I do tell people is that it's an IPA, uh, but it really is reminiscent to me of a cider. Like, if, okay. if Jim came into our bar, I would pour one of those for him. Okay. Yeah. And if he said he didn't like it, I'd say, shut up, Jim. <laughs> that's uh, that's. Yeah, it's yeah. going to need to be able to explain beers by telling you who would like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's Jim a good like way this. to do it. Because um, it, it reminds me of a cider. I don't know what it is. Ours is ours is sweet and dry. So, um, gotcha. But the one I had um, at Miel, which is the new place, uh, the I Am Brute, it had more less sweetness, less dryness, and more hoppy characteristics. Which I I enjoyed it, too. Um, But I think if I were going to say which one, I feel like the the one at Port Orleans is more appropriately named a Brute IPA because it has that champagne taste to it. Right. That, that, uh, what would we call it? Like uh, Like a forward sweet... And mm-hmm. then dried out finish. Yeah, it just like sucks the moisture out of your mouth. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. interesting. Um, I think that we were the second place in New Orleans to make one. So 
I imagine there's other places that have been doing it for years. Probably not years. Um, but well, I guess you get a. We're pretty yeah. far behind down here. Yeah. It's big not easy. As as you gotta you here. gotta take it slow. Just well, wait. You are in a big easy. Yeah, we're just wading in the tub. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, not a whole lot of beer stuff. How about you? Yeah, just you know what I was saying. Just I like whenever they pour me big beers and Heck uh, yeah. stay away from casino beer. Casino beer. Yeah, I always go the uh, I go the rum and coke. Yeah, liquor out there. is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure we got uh, Ryan and I were. Uh, some hookers trying to pick us up. Nice. Nice. Um, sounds like a classy joint. <laughs> Actually, it sounds well, yeah. Exactly, yeah, it sounds exactly like a casino. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Is it just because you're at a casino that they're like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> people are winning money? I guess it makes sense, but. It is so sad. In places, Vegas, man. there's this like misconception that it's legal. Yeah, it's not. It's it's what Henderson County or something like that. It's illegal, mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like outside of outside of Henderson, it's legal. Uh, Las Vegas is in Henderson County. That's right. And I That's only right. know yeah. this because of Rob and Jess, my friends yeah. who live there. Um, but yeah, so so <laughs> friend odd. of your floor. Hmm. Friends of your floor. Yes. Yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. So, that's funny. They just they just hang around casinos in general. Yeah. I don't. Well, see, here's the thing. There's a difference. I mean, I don't know if you've been to like, cause I know Louisiana has like has casinos, right? Yes. So, have you been to any like the those casinos? I've been in a Harris once, and I actually plan on going soon. I was getting made fun of at the Christmas party because I was talking about all the stuff I want to do. While Molly's gone for Christmas, right. Um, the <laughs> one thing I said was sit on my porch uh, on Christmas Day. I'm gonna sit on my porch, uh, smoking cigars and just laughing to myself, while Molly <laughs> has to run around in the cold to meet up with family members. Just you would be like Seinfeld, laughing <laughs> maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the others like, I yeah, I think I'm gonna go to the casino one night. Um, so I'm gonna go down to Harris. Probably. Uh, yeah, I can tell you that it is just—it's sad. It's sad. Oh, man. like absolutely. Um, this, yeah. So I'm ahead of the listener. I know I was listening to this tonight. I know what you're talking about. The people who are just like—it's almost—it's almost like if you moved their chair back, they'd still be doing the gesture. Yes. Like they're just hooked. Yeah, and like the amount of like people you know can't shouldn't really be there and they can't right. afford it it's just it's just disheartening you know and like i've been to vegas mm-hmm. you know and it's been a while but like the places we were at they were the bigger you know glitzier type casinos mm-hmm. you know whether it's i mean back then it was like the mirage the monte carlo uh whatever you know just some of the bigger ones but when you get to like the local ones and just the slot machines, man. It's just yeah, the so slot sad to just sit there. Just... Ugh. Anyways. Why? That wasn't a good view. Mm-hmm. But I do have a good view. All right. 
what you got for me? Uh, mean Streets. Nice. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this because it's been a very long time since I've seen Mean Streets. Right. Uh, so yeah, it came out in 1973. Uh, not Scorsese's first film, but when you talk about his his catalog, you could put it as his first film. Like mm. he did. Uh, Boxcar Bertha before that, and uh, Who's Knocking at My Door mm-hmm. before this. And then he did Mean Streets in 1973, uh, starring, Har- starring Harvey Keitel and Robert De Niro. Um, and some people you probably recognize, but I'm not going to go into their names because it's not too worth it. Um, uh, so this is a kind of... So uh, when when authors speak about uh, writing mm-hmm. they always say the first book you write it is about you right you right. writing about yourself um and this it kind of goes the same way with this movie this movie is about him um and he, what he saw around him and his life growing up in new york and um and so scorsese's like i really found this movie interesting because you get like Really young Harvey Keitel, really young uh, Robert De Niro. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is I, is this before? This is just before he did. Uh, De Niro did uh, Godfather Two, right? Uh, what year is this? Seventy three. Yeah, so uh, seventy two, seventy four, seventy four, right? Or seventy six? Yeah. Um, I think Godfather seventy two, two is seventy four. Yeah, seventy four. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, just before he did Godfather. And I fell down, like, this huge rabbit hole last two days of uh, just YouTubing Scorsese Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Um, And basically, there's, like, a a mix, like a 50-plus mix of Scorsese stuff, just interviews, random stuff about it. So I got to hear him talk about this. And the most interesting one I heard was – uh, an interview with him and Francis Ford Coppola and the way they went back and forth. And, you know, they pretty much came up at the same time. Coppola a little bit before had a little bit more of a name. Coppola helped like finance this movie a little bit, did a little bit of editing on this. Um, and I, I'll, I'll talk about the movie itself in a second. Just, I wanted to kind of like get a feel f- like, this is the gritty side of, organized crime what what you consider organized crime this is like local toughs it's like you know it's the stuff going on on the street level street level gangsters yeah yeah running numbers um not even a whole lot of like drugs or anything like that it was just it was just kind of um and the way the way scorsese explained it is like back at this time in new york like your whole world was like within a three block area. Like mm-hmm. for him to go six blocks down somewhere else was like, you would do that maybe once every two years or something like that. Cause everything you needed was pretty much in this. And this was your neighborhood, <laughs> you know, it's, and it wasn't like little Italy or little China or, you know, whatever, you know, things that are there now, like bastardized versions of this. This mm-hmm. is like actual, you know, and you know, you think of the, th- the five or what? Seven boroughs, five boroughs, five boroughs, five boroughs. Mm-hmm. um, and you think of those as a macro kind of thing now. Yeah. But but 
this was like down to like the granular level of how insulated these groups were. And like, it wasn't even like, these were all Italians. These were like where he grew up was like Sicilian Italians mm-hmm. growing up. And, you know, so it was very, very granular. Specific. As as, yeah. Uh, the, like as far as the people you grew up with and stuff. And so it was just it, very interesting to see. And like how Scorsese approached like the mob movie as, as opposed to how like Coppola approached it. And I know, you know, Coppola is adapting, you know, Puzo's Godfather. Yeah. But, but when you look at their, their two, you know, the histories and how Scorsese approached it, you know, especially even with like when it goes to Godfather or a Goodfellas and even Casino, it's, it's really, you know, when you look at the mob that was going on in, in, um, in Goodfellas, it's, it wasn't like a, a huge mob. It was very like street oriented, very, uh, neighborhood oriented. It was, you know, we protected the local shops and this is our like thing. And then they, you know, got bigger, but it just, it was interesting to see, like, it was like the street thugs, for Scorsese, and it was like the kingpins for Coppola. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we get to see in this movie story. Um, and who's wait the, what? Whose story? In 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 Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Harvey Keitel as Charlie. His story, you know, yeah. uh, how he's, um, and and it's it's it's. It's Scorsese trying to. It's not his story because he was kind of a sheltered person and didn't really get into the gang life because he had like asthma and stuff. Just kind of, he was kind of. He always says how he's kind of looking down on the kids that were. <laughs> um, he couldn't run numbers because he had asthma. That's no. right. He can he only, only walk jog numbers. them. Yeah. Yes. Or sit and yeah, pass them back and forth. <laughs> um, but uh, watching young Harvey Keitel mm-hmm. at, at 70. Like, it would be like us watching... Like, I imagine if we would watch... Uh, what's his name? Um, oh. Uh, Ex Machina. Um, um, uh, what's his name? I could look it up. Come on. Don't look it up. Okay. Um... Shoot. Oh, um, so <laughs> Poe po Dameron. Yeah, uh, great movie podcast. <laughs> yes, Poe. God damn it. Uh, um, or even like um, a young. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, or even us. like a younger uh, Dom Hall Gleason or a. Um, Tom Hardy at this age and looking back and see how young and vibrant Harvey Keitel. Cause like, I think the first time I was really, I really remember seeing Harvey Keitel was I think in, um, it might've been, I mean, I know I saw him before, but the first time he really made an impression was in, um, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, almost right. 20 years later. Yeah. Right. And he's an older man. He's, you know, in his 40s. 
you know, he's old. This is like a young, vibrant person. Like, yeah, I can imagine like a like a young like looking at young Jeremy Renner now and looking like someone seeing him playing like uh, one of his roles now. You know, twenty or thirty years from now, and looking back and saying, "Oh, that's what he looked like," and that's the, the kind of the feeling I felt. Expect and with him and Robert De Niro, uh, just how vibrant they were and how great of an actor they were. And, and I'm kind of running long winded on this, and I'll blame the beer, but also I'm going to blame this movie because it was it was really interesting because there are so many innovative shots that I had like that. If you watch this movie, you can see the early um, uh, there's things that he stole from this to put in Goodfellas. Yeah, you know some of those long takes, um, uh, things that we, we uh, kind of take for granted now. But like looking back at that era and comparing it, comparing it to other movies, like. Everything had tracks. Like you'd have to, if you wanted a tracking shot, that's why they called it a tracking shot because right. they had tracks and they moved around inside. But like they weren't able to do that in this movie. They actually had like huge handheld, um, uh, handheld cameras, and they had a, a a GoPro scene where like, uh, what's what's one of the what's a movie where like. Uh, you have the GoPro in front of your face and you're just kind of walking around and you're kind of following the person, kind of a drunk um, POV type thing or like mm-hmm. right in their face. Like they did that with Kaitel and like at a drinking scene where he was like kind of walking through and everyone's kind of like coming up and you're like the point of view is right here, like right in front and shining right. right on his face. But every move he makes, it's just it's tracking that and it was innovative for that time. And I don't think people really recognize that, or at least I really appreciate it because like, I don't think any movie was doing that at that time. I mean, it could be wrong, yeah, but like very innovative stuff. And, um, uh, it is worth a watch. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it's Harvey Keitel fighting with, you know, I'm a religious, like fighting with his, his uh, beliefs as far as religion and stuff, but also having to deal with the people in the streets. It's having to deal with like those friends you just can't get rid of, but you still love them, but you know, you should get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just interesting movie to watch. Um, I, I, I should have watched this a long time ago, but I'm glad I waited this long to watch it because I think I appreciate it a lot more now than I would have earlier. So, sure. Um, it's worth a watch. Stream it on Amazon. If you get a chance, watch it. Um, I think you'll find a lot of uh, uh, useful things to take out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting is really good, and the shots are pretty amazing. And his mom <laughs> makes a cameo in it, which is you know a trade. You know he does. She doesn't do it in every movie, but like it's fun because like, her most famous scene is in you know Goodfellas. Yeah. You know, with the the painting, and uh, you get get her a little bit in this movie too. So definitely worth the watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a while. I might have to try and sneak in some time to revisit that one. Uh, did you say what you rated it? I know you recommend it. Um, yeah. uh, I I get I just rated it tonight. I want to like I try to let it sit with me. I gave it a seven. I probably. 
I don't know. I mean, it's hard to really distinguish because I appreciated so much of it. I just don't know how much I love the movie itself. Like standalone, what I like what this movie means more than what I probably like the movie. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love you know all the young actors and where they came from. Like I was just, it was kind of just a nice little trip down nostalgia lane, or just um, I don't know. I loved it for what it is more than what it was i guess sure what it what it means as yes. uh as opposed to what it is yeah yeah right on uh nice so i uh you assigned me yes a netflix film mm-hmm. i would uh, bite my tongue for a while yeah okay well hopefully um Hopefully we're pretty in line, but slightly off, so we can argue about it for an hour. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the Ballad of Buster Scruggs came out this year, um, and it was uh, directed by Ethan and Joel Cohen, and written by Joel Co- and Ethan Cohen. <laughs> um, it did get two more writing credits. Let me take a look at that. Uh, Jack London and Stuart Edward White. Um, uh, it's based one segment is based on a Jack London story and uh, another is based on a Stuart Edward White story. Um, two of my favorites actually, All Gold Canyon and the Gal Who Got Rattled. Uh, so this is actually an anthology, um, which I did not know. Um, I went into this thinking that it was uh gonna be you know uh two hours with um tim blake nelson's buster scruggs uh and 15 yeah. minutes in i learned that that was not going to be the case yes uh so it was I, in- w- I went in the same way because yeah. i was like oh yeah about and i think that's maybe the best way to go into it yeah um which if you're listening to this now you can't do anymore <laughs> yeah but oh well uh still still worth uh still worth uh looking into um so yeah i uh i really liked this um i thought that it was shot really well it was really um it it was never um and maybe this is just a recent development um, but like any Western made after like 2000, it was always very gritty, very dimly lit. Um, this was bright with exceptional set pieces and, um, you know, it wasn't what, all sepia What you'd toned. expect a Coen Brothers thing to be, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it, there was definitely times specifically in um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the, the first segment, um, that it looked like a movie set. Uh, yes. which, which I think was intentional. It was meant to yeah. be, I think. Yeah, because that character is a lot of fun. Um, Dude, I... Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I really think that first... The first one ruined all the rest. It didn't ruin them, but they should... Just say the end, because the end was kind of poignant, but, like, I don't know. There is a scene in this... In the Battle of Buster Shrugs, mm-hmm. and... I still, when I start thinking about laugh, mm-hmm. Which just one laugh is that? out loud. D- 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 whenever he meets Curly Joe, 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, it it was really funny. Like it it was 15 minutes but the entire time I I just felt like I had a smile on my face. Um and I was I was actually reading up about it and someone had an interesting suggestion that it was um an allegory for western movies. Okay. Um and that would make sense why um Buster Scruggs is able to break the fourth wall and is always singing and um having himself a good time and uh always looks um well put together compared to the other characters in the in the segment and then uh actually it kind of kind of sad like it just there's always going to be a younger hot shot there's always going to be, be a new it actor mm-hmm. um and, yeah and eventually they're gonna shoot you down yeah, whether it's yeah, like John Wayne to Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. you know, whether you know what I mean. It's yeah, absolutely. The, you know, uh, yeah, or where your your heroes are kind of go from all good and white to they go to a, a black hat and kind of a little bit more ambiguous. Right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was actually surprisingly. The only one that I felt like people spent a lot of time uh, talking about. Um, yes. Um, and uh, like people trying to break down and find meaning in that. Um, but I also thought, but I thought some other ones. None of they the other all ones have merit. As, they yeah, really they, do. They all do. of them have merit. None of the other I ones thought. are really as quirky or as fun. Um, even the one that follows that with, uh, oh, with, um, um, yeah. <laughs> that guy from yeah, that the, other the movie, guy, James Franco and, yes, and Stephen yeah. Root, James Franco and Stephen Root. Uh, I think that this is the most near Algodonus. Yeah. Um, but it was, I thought it was still fun. Very yeah. fun. Especially Stephen Root's character. Yeah. He did a great job. Um, and, and James Franco's indifference to everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he was uh, very casual. Um, even that that comment he makes offhand to the guy about, uh, it's like, oh, first time. Yeah. <laughs> first time getting hung in the town square. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So I but, I did uh, enjoy that one, um, but I that one probably felt the least fleshed out. Oh, for sure. I think, I, like I said, it was kind of a throwaway, mm-hmm. just kind of fun little, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the next one, Meal Ticket. Um, that one was uh, pretty bleak. Yeah, that was the most, uh, what would you call it? Yeah, the most, I don't know. Well, it had the most... I mean, for one, it had the most scenes that took place at night. Yes. Like, it just, it was the most dimly lit. It was the least colorful of the segments. Um, but still, and that also, I think, um, was another one people pointed to to say, like, oh, it's about show business. Um, and that one's a, a lot more obvious, I think, too. Um, just with very literal throwing you aside for the next big thing yeah 
I mean, it, yeah, it just it, as it got colder and colder, the mm-hmm. crowds got less and less. Um, and but the performances never changed. It was still the same thing, but audiences will, audiences will change their mind and. Uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, you can read a lot into that, you know, whether it's <clears throat> them talking about the studios, you know, this is hot now, but now we just want something, yeah, you know, maybe a chicken or or whatever. Uh, but um, it was inter- yeah, definitely interesting. Absolutely. Um, then next we have All Gold Canyon. Yeah, this is like beautifully shot. Just- yeah, this one's fantastic. This is one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Yeah, I probably don't. I don't think I could, in good conscience, say I liked one better than the first one. Um, yeah. But this one's up there for me. Tom Waits does a fantastic job, oh, Mr. Pocket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good night, Mr. Pocket. <laughs> uh, yeah. He. Um, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, "Hey, you're looking for gold, go." Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's that out there that he could get it done. Uh, but yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, in that one for me, I felt that was the most, um, excited I was for a character. Mm. Uh, like when, when he really struck gold, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah, you well, they spent a ton of time just kind of. Yeah, him it going. And it him. plods along um, intentionally, I think, uh, but it does it does take its time getting to the point, uh, and then when it does, I was I was happy. Yeah, and then that all gets taken away sad. pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, what is next? Uh, the gr- uh, the girl who got rattled. Yes, the gal who got rattled. Um, See, this is my least favorite. Cause it took forever. It did, yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, this is a two-hour and some-minute movie, yeah, and two this one took thirteen. Uh, yeah, this one took um, the most. It took its time, um, but it also. Uh, I don't know. I. I just don't feel like the payoff was as good. Um, yeah. I mean, there was there was a there was one really quick, really good moment, um, in the shootout scene. Oh, that was really great. Yeah, yeah. Where I was like, "Wow, that, um, <laughs> what a turn." Um, but yeah, it just it didn't. Um, I don't know. It didn't do it for me um, as much as the others did. I actually still, I still think it was pretty good, but it, um, it, it took its time. And to be honest with you, uh, this is a movie that I, well, I'll, I'll probably very manageable to go revisit because you can just pick segments you want. Yeah, um, for sure. But the Coen brothers are probably the. Um, people i would point to where every time every time i rewatch the movies um including the big lebowski which i've seen countless times at this point well thanks to you i i rewatched it this week nice well. yeah i feel like i'm always finding something new yep um so i i do look forward to doing that 
with this and then maybe like I I just I guess I'm saying that to say that I don't think it's outside the possi- the realm of possibility that I could come to really love the gal who got rattled. I mean, it's yeah, it's possible. I mean, there's I mean, th- that's the thing with all these stories, right? Mm-hmm. Every one of them, there's so much you could read in. There's so many yeah. like you said allegories to whatever you'd really want to put in there, you know, whether it's the you know, um the uh, the guy or you know the uh, the Tom Waits one, right? Yeah. You know, it's how pristine everything is, and then everything leaves as soon as man gets there, and then man ruins nature, and then man fights man to ruin nature, and you know what I mean? It's just like a you could maybe there's not a whole lot you could, but like you could always put like tell some kind of get something from what try to figure out what they're trying to tell you Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely um and then the last one the uh mortal remains um i think this did a good it kind of made me re-examine all the previous ones in the sense of um it really kind of hammers home that all of these uh settings or all of these um, short stories start out as like it's a very um, normal, very typical Western. Um, that, uh, and then, of course, obviously there wouldn't be a story otherwise. Um, but something, something changes. Um, but that was the one that kind of like solidified, because um, I think there was a lot of stuff about life and death in these two, and the mortal remains. Um, Starts out as like a normal stagecoach, right? Um, and then ends up being uh, like their their souls are being harvested. I think was one of the terms that was used. Right. Um, but yeah, it it kind of gave. I wasn't crazy about this one either necessarily. Like I wasn't super excited when it was over. Um, but it kind of gave a cohesiveness to the whole. Uh, to the whole movie, to the other five kind of rope the other five stories together a little um, bit i th- I felt the writing in this one was probably at least the dialogue was really good yeah um, i did i like the interaction between everybody mm-hmm. a lot i you know um it felt agatha christie like you know <laughs> where you have each character and then how they interact and it's fun how they kind of like started at the one side from the fur trapper and just kind of went around the whole stagecoach and kind of got to know all the characters by the time they got to where they were going. And then when they got where they're going, then you realize what's going on kind of, you know, and it's, um, uh, I, I, the interaction and whether the interaction was good or bad, because the, the, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I think the, it, this felt, I mean they all felt cohen-esque yeah they really absolutely. all did because it's like there's just that little bit of either right out slapstick humor yep <laughs> you know i mean you could maybe even put this with like the cohen's career you know as far as like how they um their movie career you know they go from like raising arizona from like from the buster struggs and then they go to where they get to like that real dark place with like maybe an inside Lewin Davis or something like that, you know, where yeah. they're really trying to get to the, 
essence of life or you know why we all here that kind of thing um there's a lot of things you can kind of read into it but um <clears throat> this one had the uh, i guess the dialogue felt the most cohen-esque yeah in 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 it but uh yeah i i mean i I love the first one so much that yeah. it made the other ones feel a little bit. But as I definitely get that for sure. But but talking through it, like I do appreciate the other ones a lot. Yeah, a I, lot. And I I think um, going into it, not really not being sure what I was getting. Uh, also, uh, even though it is the Cohen brothers, um, something we've kind of sort of broached. But I guess has come up a time or two. Netflix really ha- is not hitting it out of the park with their movies. Mm. Um, so for them to have a Coen Brothers movie, um, I don't want to say that I had low expectations, but I definitely wasn't thinking I was going to get something as good as this. Well, it was it, it was an odd place for them to come out, right? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's like oh. They got them, okay. Yeah. So is this just like something they just kind of a throwaway kind of thing? And no, this was like big production, like, like yeah, major money put into this thing. And this is you know something they actually and yeah, this was it's quality stuff. Now I don't think a lot of people are gonna like this. I don't. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I like think the it's money well spent, but a lot. And then yeah. other than that, you know, it's gonna be like, eh, you know, but. Like I, there's stuff in all these, all these, except for that girl who got rattled. Mm. Um, I, I won't forget. I, I know I won't. Mm. Um, I think all of them have something, really something to say. And even the, like the throwaway one with, um, you know, with Stephen Rude, like mm. <laughs> that's a pan shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some, he, he was really good in that. Uh, maybe we'll talk more about him later, but uh, anyways, uh, I I'm I give this a strong recommend. Uh, I think that there's, I think that the audience for the Coen Brothers is bigger than people realize, and I mean that as people who might like their movies, because mm-hmm. it does take a little. I don't know what it is, but it, it's that un unknown quantity that thing that's that's hard to um hard to make a statistic of but they've just got they've got something in their filmmaking that uh not only makes it revisitable but rewards you for revisiting yeah and i yes even like one of their weakest weaker ones for me mm-hmm. um a simple man like one I've watched recently, it's still kind of stuck with me. It's just kind of like in there, you know? Um, I don't know. It's it. They have a style mm-hmm. and it's just cause it's never even like no country for old, for old men. It's probably the one with the least amount of laughs. Yeah. Right. I mean, but there's still some stuff in there that's just, oddly darkly funny and they're like i think they're really good at dark comedy yeah uh and it's you know it's not going even though you will laugh out loud maybe in raising arizona even in the big lebowski you'll laugh out loud 
yeah. but there is some just that subtle humor that just like that off just that it's not it's not polite to laugh at in certain in certain company right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, what did you, uh, what did you think of your recent, uh, foray back into the big Lebowski? Oh, like you said, there's always stuff that you pick up. Mm -hmm. Um, and what there was, I, uh, I, I really like the interaction between, between Maud and the dude. Yeah. And how he, how he, uh, (laughs) how he interacts with her and how he like tries to protect her. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I think one of my favorite scenes though, is whenever he's in the Malibu police department <laughs> and he's, he, and he gets hit with a cop and he's just fascist. I don't like your jerk off name. I don't like your jerk off face and I don't like you. <laughs> jerk off <laughs> that guy i forget who the actor was but he was so good he was so good and in in the shot where it's not like straight on right it's this mm-hmm. shot from where, where he's like it's down here you know it's, yeah it's down and he's looking right up but he's just looking just over top of the camera like he's looking down on you mm-hmm. you know just like perfect little touches like that um and then <laughs> yes um yeah, and this you know the stupid thing like with um, uh, not Sam Neil but um, oh oh what's his name with the big mustache? Um, oh, uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yes. Yeah. Like that has no doesn't need to be in there. Doesn't need to be in there at all. But it has to be in there. Right. <laughs> it the movie functions without it, but it's somehow essential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam Neill's great. Or, he is. Yeah. Uh, But Sam Elliott, yeah, is, Sam Elliott's great, too, um, in the sense that, like, I love when he's just talking to the bartender about sarsaparilla, just that, like, simple exchange. Um, and maybe it's just Sam Elliott's voice, um, but that simple exchange is so enjoyable. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, you know, the movie loses a little character without that. Yeah, do you have to curse so much? What the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, totally oblivious. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking fascist. <laughs> yeah, I le- You know what? It took me a really long time to identify, um, but I'm glad I was able to get there on my own without having to have someone um, explain it to me, uh, because I wouldn't want to have to have. I wouldn't want to know that someone is looking at me figure it out um, because maybe it's just once it's one of those things where it's like, it's easy to miss. But once I figured it out, I was like, it's been right there the whole time. Yeah. Um, you're about to do that to me. Yeah. So I love that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that. Like uh, Jesus's big thing is uh, his, his big reveal is during uh, a version of hotel California which obviously mm-hmm. was the Eagles' big hit. Um, right. And then, uh, sorry, uh, and then later come to find out that he hates the Eagles, and his number right. one rival, his big moment is to an Eagles song. 
It's like, man, that's just that's clever filmmaking right there. Yeah, that like wraps the whole thing. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm probably not explaining it very well. I'm halfway through this 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 Bourbon County uh, wheat wine ale that is uh, kicking my ass. Like I'm, I'm very warm. Hmm. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, to circle to circle the wagons back, <laughs> um, I highly recommend the Battle of Buster Scruggs. I think that there's probably going to be, like you said, a lot of people who um, who won't like it. But I think that those people are always there with Coen Brother movies uh, mm-hmm. in this in the sense that. These movies, Coen Brother movies are so, and it almost makes me want to watch Inside Lewin Davis again, against my better judgment, um, just because I know that there's there's some them, rewatchability to it. I mean, and that might that might just hope, hopefully could fl- be. I yeah. don't, I don't know, man. I was so disappointed in that fucking movie. Yeah, that one might. Be I love Oscar. Flat out miss Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Well so done, much. thank you, Mr. Brad. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> yes. So damning. Yeah, we just needed to get out of our heads. That was the problem there. Um, but I I think that maybe that's why Netflix is such a great fit for them, um, from a business standpoint. Because I don't think they do big box office business these days. No, I. Um, I mean, I, I, fuck. I would be interested to see what their biggest box office. I mean, it probably had to be Fargo. Yeah, I would think. I'm, I'm thinking Fargo or well, maybe oh, No Country. Be. I think might have done. No Country well. might have done it too, because that was that was the one they were nominated for. Yeah, yeah, and then that's you always make uh, some some extra money on top with those nominations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, um, worldwide growth. For No Country for Old Men was one hundred and seventy-one million six hundred and twenty-seven thousand one hundred and sixty-six dollars. That's quite a bit. It's a lot oh. of dough. Uh, fuck! I forgot totally about forgot about True Grit. Oh yeah, True Grit. They probably did. Uh... Yeah, they got a nominee for writing and directing, mm-hmm. and best picture. Uh, they got a nomination for Oscar for Serious Man. Or Serious Man, not Simple Man. Simple Plan. Duh. Uh, Serious Man. Oh. Best picture. Yeah, I knew what you were talking about when play. you said yeah. that. but. And then, yeah. Uh, uh, for No Country, they won for Best Writing, Adaptive Screenplay, and, uh, and Directing. Mm-hmm. And best motion picture of the world that year too. Oh yeah, so three three winners for that. These guys are good. Oh fuck, and I forgot all her oh brother are out there. Where are oh brother? Where <laughs> art thou? Oh brother. Hmm. Mm. Anyways, serious man. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that, too. Burn After Reading? Stop it. Stop it. Um, 
Yeah, they did that too. Damn it. They've done a lot of shit, man. Yeah. They're pretty prolific. No, I I agree. I think that they um I think per, like it's crazy cuz I think percentage-wise how many movies of theirs I like um it's pretty high. And you know the more movies you make that that's that's just going to yeah. affect that bottom line. Uh, I feel like they're really consistently good filmmakers. They consistently make really interesting movies. Yeah. Um, and maybe well, that's maybe that's what it is that um, draws me because I never feel compelled with other filmmakers the way I do with them to go back and rewatch. And it might just be I've decided, like I've conditioned myself to think like, oh, I need to rewatch this. Or it might you know, be a, a learned behavior from rewatching these movies. Right. Um, but there's so many movies I go back to, um, like we were talking earlier, Goodfellas and, and Godfather. Like, Jesus, those movies can, if they're on, I, I probably can't get anything else done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's not one of those things where it's like, with this new Scorsese movie, I need to... I got to make sure I go and revisit it because there's something there. Um, yeah. Well, but you, I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. I mean, cause there's, there's a lot of stuff on here. I'm sure you haven't seen either that, that they did. Like, oh yeah. Um, I still haven't seen burn after reading and that's one, uh, or, uh, hail Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are two of their bigger, um, and after reading is not really super recent now, but bigger recent efforts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they took, yeah, well, they, man, not really. I mean, every couple of years, every two or three years, they're always coming out with something. Um, for a while, they were doing a lot. I mean, but like, I mean, I know I saw Lady Killers. I can't fucking remember that. Oh, yeah. In- intolerable Cruelty. Can't remember that. That was directed by them. The man who wasn't there. Can't remember that. Where was he? Um, First thing we get, our brother. I mean, their run was. Yeah. I wonder. Big Lebowski, Fargo, The Hudsucker Proxy, Barton Fink. Fink, Mm -hmm. You know, Miller's Crossing, Raising Arizona. There's like a blood simple. Well, from 87 to really 2000. There was a 13-year run there where they couldn't do any wrong, so. Hmm. Yeah, right? Um, I wonder if they are just, if they don't have a project that are like, I need to, uh, we need to get out there, if they're just directors for hire. Like, I'm looking at Intolerable Cruelty, and it just doesn't seem like them. Like just yeah, based well, on because I mean, I've seen trailers it, so I and I tell yeah I I remember seeing trailers you're right like I I shouldn't be judging it at all honestly, um, but I feel like it was like a standard issue rom com. I mm. guess I guess I could flat out be wrong. Maybe not. Maybe I need to see Intolerable Cruelty. Maybe, but I'm looking back on you know they wrote Bridges Bridges Spies. Mm-hmm. They wrote that movie Unbroken. Um, you know, which, yeah, they're pretty prolific. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I think we're breaking some new ground here. The Coen brothers, they're, they got some talent. They're good, yeah. You guys need to check out these lesser-known this lesser known directing duo. That's the other thing I was thinking about while I was watching this. Is They're probably my favorite directing duo. I can't think of a lot of them. The other one that I immediately comes to mind is the Wachowski siblings, and they only made one good movie, so... Yeah. No, they didn't. No. They made Speed Racer. Oh, that's right. Okay. So there's three movies that, that they made that I think are pretty freaking great. Yeah. Um, why did I just censor myself there? I don't know. Um, but uh, I think Speed Racer is underrated. I think that movie is pretty sweet. Uh, last uh, time I saw it, I, can't, I was... I can't tell you. Yeah. Last time I saw it, I'm a friend of mine was coming home from... He went out to college in San Jose. He came home and he's like, oh, I got this stuff. It's called the Santa Cruz Special. It's like, all right, fire it up. And uh, then we watched Speed Racer. So, you know, maybe I don't have the best. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm, I shouldn't be speaking on the uh, quality of Speed Racer right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't tell you. I I did. I, I remember. I remember. I like. Well, I like Jupiter Ascending. Oh, I didn't see that. Or no, no, I didn't like Jupiter Ascending. I liked uh, that other one. No, I didn't like Jupiter. Fuck that movie. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah, was gonna say stop you're, that. You're the only person I know. Um, I haven't seen it, so. Uh, but Bound, I've seen that. That was good. Hmm. Right. Uh, Bound. I don't know. If I've seen. That was, I think, one of their first ones. Ninety-six. <laughs> Yes. Jennifer Tilly. Uh Lily Lily Tomlin. Is it not Lily Tomlin? Lily uh <clears throat> what's her name? Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon and uh Lily something. Jennifer Tilly? Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Right on. Why isn't V for Vendetta coming up here? Huh. <laughs> what? It says J- director James Montague, or meh, directed it. Huh. Oh, written. Maybe. Well, they wrote the screenplay. Well, maybe then I'm wrong. Um, but I mean, still, to, um, I, I don't know. That's too, this mat- the Matrix and, uh, well, did they write the Matrix, I guess, would be the question here. Yeah, they wrote The Matrix as well. I mean, yeah, they've written two really solid um, movies right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've taken yeah, they, tough tough source material, too, with V for Vendetta. Like, I don't think that any of uh, what's-his-name's uh, Alan Moore's movies are on his comics are unfilmable like he yeah, wishes like he they said, were. Yeah, stop it. His, the movies are so much better than, like... He gets so bogged down in dialogue and stuff. Like I do, I like The Watchmen, but it's not as good as the movie. It isn't. No, and <laughs> and V for Vendetta is not as good as the movie. Uh yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. Um, it's been a while since I read V for Vendetta. I think probably since it came out. Yeah. No, it it's a little dated too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, basically, it's it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, for comic books. So. Yeah, we're talking about Animal Farm's better, anyways. Yeah. 
That was you and I. We were having that conversation. Yep. Then, right? I think uh, we did. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Or we didn't. Yeah, Maybe I, we didn't. I don't think I'd have that conversation with pretty much anybody else in my life. <laughs> which is a sad state. No, it's not. I mean, if we, uh, time is on our side. We converse <laughs> for about three hours a week. Um, and other than Ryan and Jim and uh, your wife, I don't know. Like, it, it's crazy. We spend a lot of time together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Not a bad especially thing. when I spend like the other day. Well, it was my birthday. I spent the whole day. I didn't say a word to mm-hmm. anyone while at work. I, yeah. I left in the morning. Say love you to my wife. Got home. Yeah. I, had, I left at whatever it was. You know, six thirty, quarter twenty after six or something. Got home at five. 20 and yeah not one word yeah my i had uh my buddy came over this afternoon um we uh ordered some lunch and watched it's always sunny nice. um not a not a lot of conversation going on uh molly came home took a nap i <laughs> i made uh she woke up from a nap at about seven when i told her dinner was ready and uh you know, we we ate dinner, had a few words between, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, this is the right. first conversation I've had today. Good. Well, I'm glad to share it with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think. Well, I don't know. Not a bad thing. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yes. So... Back to the Coens, yes. as far as uh, directing duos, yes, I would, I would put them pretty high up. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did learn a lot about, well, and I knew this before, but um, is that um, uh, Scorsese's, her, his editor. Yeah, they have a really um, good relationship. Yeah, I mean, they've gone back for, uh, for, like, I don't even know how long. I don't think she edited Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm looking back through, of course. Uh, crap. i got to find her. And I know her name, but I can't remember it. Um, Goodfellas. Thelma. All cast of crude. Yes, Thelma. Shoemaker. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yes, and has done many many things with him mm-hmm. and they they pretty much sit down in a in a uh oh hell they did they they edited the snowman really really the snowman that's the oh she she edited that fuck that movie god damn it um uh that's the one with um well never mind <laughs> yeah she's She's like, I guess, when they, I mean, that's who he trusts the most as yeah. they go, you know, when he's trying to cut a movie. Yeah. And I was really surprised, too, on how how hard it is for him to make a movie. Like, he really, it's not easy for him to make a movie. Like, he dreads it. He says the best part of the movie is, is in post, is editing. Really? Yeah. Like he dreads like trying to connect with, um, with the actors mm. and 
like not that he dreads it, but like he doesn't want to. He like he dreads he dreads the idea of going and like this is my vision, and then arguing with the actors and this is with their vision and stuff like that. It was it's a it was a weird thing, and uh, like he, he really doesn't like the studios, but he's he relies on them. Um, yeah, it it was it's a it, I'm just kind of surprised on that. But anywho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, ah, totally unsung heroes of of movie making. The editors, because oh, for sure, and especially every movie one of, would be shit. One of my continuous gripes about movies that are like a six and under is like, well, it was too long. Yeah, like great editing can alleviate that. Yeah, sometimes we made we made an editor on our podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they should be, if you're listening to this show, you should be drinking with us, by the way. That's right. Uh, I'm just imagining someone like plastered screaming Oscar Isaac at us right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, there you have it. I mean, we don't leave anything on the cutting room floor, so. That's right. So there you go. Uh. Just empty beer cans. Yes. And bottles. And then. In a just a uh, hot takes in uh, empty beer bottles in our wake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. It is crazy though. Um, I've heard about how like amazing their working relationship is too. Um, back to yeah. Scorsese, um, like he knows how far she wants him to shoot, like down to like frames, almost like yeah, like almost like they're on the same wavelength, and that's really cool. So. Yeah, and like he he knows pretty much which take he wants whenever mm-hmm. they're shooting. He'll he'll take a lot. Of, he'll do a lot of takes, but like he knows which ones. Yeah. Um. And there's been a lot been made about that whole scene with in Goodfellas about, <clears throat> uh, with the mother right sitting yeah. there, and a lot of that was improv and and also, uh, the scene with uh uh you know you think I'm funny yeah that was a lot of improv and and i think that was a little joke between like it was it was ray Liotta and joe pesci and scorsese knew that they were going to kind of improv but the rest of the actors at that at that in that scene really didn't know so like if you look at some of the reactions of the guys mm-hmm. around them like they're kind of surprised and like what's you know what are we this isn't on script yeah you know and it, it's kind of fun to see that Genuine like confusion. i that's the kind of like storytelling and stuff within a movie that I like to hear like you know how how the how the director tries to get the best out of his actors or you know the actors going above and beyond or mm-hmm. you know um what there's a meme going around about um uh, uh Alan Rickman and the look on his face in Die Hard whenever he falls yeah and they said they were going to drop him on 3 and they counted to one, two, and dropped him on two instead nice. of three, and that's how they got that look on his face. Yeah, that's and awesome. Maybe it's you know maybe it's bullshit, maybe it's not. Um, but you know that that iconic you know slow motion. Yeah, the fallback. You know, and the look on his face on his eyes being real wide. I, Man, I gotta watch that. I, I gotta go. Uh, um, throw that on. Yeah. Some sometime soon here. Oh well. And that may or may not come up later in this episode. 
unless unless I don't know how how long we are right now. We may I need to push. We're not bad right now, honestly. We're we're sitting in an hour twenty, a little okay. over that, but um, pretty good, pretty good. I mean, because we did have essentially seven stories to talk about. That's right. So thanks, Cohen Brothers. Uh, anyways, uh, should we get uh, to some assignments before we yeah. go into our list? Let's do it. Um, right. I got one for you that I wanted if you and I want you to watch. Yes. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. We're Twisting my dice. arm here. Yeah, Andy's going to watch Mandy. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Uh, from this year with uh, uh, I don't know whose favorite, but. In this one, he is one of my favorites, but most of the movies he's done recently, not so much. Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how you enjoy this. I'm looking forward do. to it. I've, uh, you are not the only person that's told me good things about this. Um, not even necessarily good things, but just like, it's I can't believe it uh, things. So I'm down with that. Uh, yes, Mandy from this year. Thank you for uh, Fredo Flicks, Mr. Fredo. Appreciate you. Um, I've got one for you. Streaming on Netflix now. Actually, another Netflix original. Uh, 22 July from this year as well. Yep. Yes. Uh, I think that's going to be a downer, but we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I have a feeling. (laughs) When, uh, oh, never mind. Not an original idea. I was like, when are we going to, I I was going to say, well, I'm going to say it now because it pertains actually to this show. Um, when are we going to have a, a quirky, fun terrorist movie? Um, but we've already had four (laughs) lions. Four lions. Yes. Yes. And yes, it, 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 I I assume it's going to come back around and, you know, yeah, we're, well, Matt and I had a had a, an idea for a time traveling movie to prevent nine eleven. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> you want the pitch? <laughs> yes. I mean. All right. So this uh, this guy's dog died on September eleventh, uh, two thousand and one, uh, and his he lives out in. I actually think I'm not joking. I think he lives out in rural Pennsylvania. Was the plan? Okay. Um, and he has a, uh, you know, a quirky neighbor uh, who is invented a time machine. Um, so he goes back to uh, stop 9-11. And uh, his quirky neighbor's ulterior motive is to stop the Matrix sequels from coming out. So <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Hijinks ensues. <laughs> so so instead of they <laughs> – he gets on the plane redirects it to the – Wachowski brothers house <laughs> no that was not the plan <laughs> where did um what was the flight that was uh taken down did that uh, land flight, in pennsylvania flight, yeah okay 90, flight, 93. flight 93 that's right um yeah so his dog is killed in the crash that's why it's oh. in pennsylvania okay yeah yeah but, actually not too far from where i grew up really yeah that's crazy Shanksville. Mm. All right. Well, we'll use you as a consultant. That's right. When someone makes a terrible mistake to hire us to make this movie. 
<laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, uh, Anyways, okay. Yeah. Um, so in lieu of watching that movie, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you want to get something good, I was, I took a dive down a website that told me what was good on Netflix and a uh, movie really hasn't ever come up on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Empire records. Yeah. Um, I think it's a late nineties or early two thousand, probably late nineties, right? 95. Oh, okay, early mid nineties. No, late nineties because they ended in ninety four when Kurt Cobain died. No, oh, I understand. <laughs> the whole nineties did. Yeah, that's. I mean, it just. Uh, obviously, I was very young during that time, but just the the way that it's remembered now is essentially the nineties ended when Kurt Cobain died. Gotcha. Understand. <laughs> Understood. Um, so yeah, so ninety. Jeez, ninety five. That's when I graduated from high school. Um, so yeah, uh, Empire Records, uh, fun little quirky with a little bit of heart. Yeah, um, has probably has a lot more resonance for people who lived out in LA, or you know, had something you know, a little bit more. Um, I mean, I guess we I, I got it with a little bit of the FI or FYI or wall to wall sound and video. Oh yeah, or you know those kind of places. But when those places died, um, and it's more you know. Good luck trying to find a CD place other than a like some hipster vinyl place. Now, <clears throat> but that like was a thing. You go in to just look at, you know, and I guess you got this a little bit with high fidelity, you know, that oh, same yes. kind of vibe to it. But this is a little bit more uh, teenage-ish. Yeah, uh, look, it's, it's definitely. Fun. And um, back whenever, yeah, had a big crush on Liv Tyler. Big crush. Yeah, I don't blame you. I never really got it until that was the one thing i took away from uh that thing you do like, okay Liv yeah tyler was, that, hot. Liv tyler was hot i mean she still is she's still really good looking but um you know i guess not not really being stressed doesn't age you uh <laughs> which is pretty cool um i don't know about that but you know good for her uh <laughs> uh and not that i'm even very stressed <laughs> <laughs> just no um but anyways uh that thing you do is that what it's called yeah yeah so uh i was like wow smoke show bro <laughs> let me just hop onto this one website of that one guy i interviewed that one time <laughs> starts with a mister uh yeah ends so. with an in yeah, yeah. This guy's gotten in. But anyways, uh, yes, I like Empire Records a lot. Not something I've thought about in a while, though. Yeah, it was a nice little uh, blast from past there. Mm-hmm. I do uh, probably watch that movie six or seven times in a six or seven year span and then haven't watched it since. Sure. So, but I remember it fondly. Right on. All right. Um, and I've also got a quirky little... Um, feel good, nostalgia fueled movie for everyone. Um, speaking of the Coen brothers, streaming on Netflix right now from 2007, it is No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen this one, um, we were just talking about how it's pretty darn great. Yeah. Uh, you know, made a lot of money and, uh, 
a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. RPR, buy down. Yes. All the everything in there is great. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Woody Harrelson's great. Yeah. I remember the first time I, uh, first time I watched it, I actually went to the theater to see it and, uh, I was disappointed because Woody Harrelson's character looked awesome in the trailers and then he was awesome in the movie. Um, but then he wasn't really in it anymore. No. Oops. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, I guess, you know, with, the Cohen, we're talking about the Cohens and that, uh, that uh, Empire Records could have been a John Hughes-ish movie. Sure. That, I mean, and it does have that feel because there, <clears throat> there are some like serious parts in it. It does deal with like teenage or maybe even like early 20s angst and all that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Excellente. All right, um, so we've had this one uh, in our pocket for a while. Yes, and my list has changed like six different times. Mine's, yeah, mine's been adjusted a, a handful of times, a time or two. Uh, yeah. So this was, um, I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, obviously, it was my idea. No, this was your idea. And uh, do you want to you wanna sell it? Yeah, um, so I, I sold it as... Like that guy, mm-hmm. and I, I gave you a couple examples. I think it like I did like a John Hawks. Uh, I can't remember. It's like some other. I think maybe. Well, I'm not gonna steal one because I know. Well, you yeah. kind of played around on that, but um, and what I like that guy. That when that guy shows up, you know what? You know that you're one of two things. Like you know what kind of characters he's going to be or mm-hmm. you know you're in safe hands because you know he's going to act his balls off or her balls off yeah or yeah it's a it's a character her actor is out yeah, yeah. <laughs> act her over act her 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 egg balls mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> well it's it's a mystery why they don't call him that um yes. <laughs> <laughs> what there was a what was that there was something you're really wearing your ovaries on the outside what that's funny. That's a thing I, that I heard somewhere, and I can't remember when I heard it. Wearing your ovaries on the outside, That's so they're funny. like balls, I like, like hanging out. Yeah. 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 Uh, I like but yeah. Um, but why? Why wouldn't you know men ha- could suck their balls up and mm-hmm. have them on the inside? Now, one good upper punch or uppercut, and you're <laughs> yes, one good kick to the groin. Yeah. Um, but what I, and at first I was like, okay, I did like do character. I mean, character actors is a thing. Like this is pretty much what we would call character actors, you know? Right. And, or working actors, Mm -hmm. you know, people that have like uh, some the list I've gone down, like, I mean, the credits are like in the 250s, you know, like a lot of movie credits or acting credits, uh, whether it's, you know, they move from TV to, you know, movies or whatever. And one of the things I I ended up doing, because I figured we could probably do a lot of crossover, is I actually went to the point where I I didn't want to know their name. Like, I would ha- have, like, I didn't, I didn't want to know their name. Like, mm-hmm. there's certain ones like John Hawks that I know his name. 
And even sure. though he's what I'm talking about, I wanted I wanted to go a little bit more into the weeds with it, I suppose. Sure. So that's that's where my list kind of resides. Okay, um, is that like even though you know their face and you know that you're in good hands because you know they're a good actor, you just mm-hmm. chances are you probably don't know their name, but you know their face for sure. Yeah. So I've got um, a whole. Uh, smattering of people some people you definitely know their name um who i think started out as that guys um and have just grown in popularity or got the right role uh but then there's definitely other guys that i had to do a like reverse imdb search to be like okay i know he was in this this movie movie, and then i have to like slide through all of the exactly Yeah. yeah good deal yeah um all right. Well, I. All right. I'm going to go first. Please do. All right. Um, so my first one. His name is Robert Paulson. No, his name. I rewatched that movie this week too. And basically, I, I watch movies that I've seen a hundred times, and I know it's got good dialogue, mm-hmm. and I just listen to it while I'm at work, and that's 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 a pretty good like thing. A bad thing, yeah. Uh, but there's some really good stuff in there. Um, but, and that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, James Rebhorn. Don't know the name, do you? I but do I know the name. Oh, you do. Damn it. Yes. See, I knew I was going But I did not know who he was. Okay. Until you probably looked up. Yeah, I just looked him up on IMDb. And it's, I know exactly who he is, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Yes. So you would know him from um, Independence Day. Uh-huh. He was one of the. Um, uh, he was one. Uh, not, he wasn't a scientist. He was like one of the administrators, like trying to. He, he was. Like when you see this guy, you know he's going to put a. A wrench into the mix. He's not going to be the main bad guy, but mm-hmm. he is going to be a a conduit to the bad guy. Um, and he's got that look. He's a very tall, skinny guy. Um, you know him from Independence Day. Um, you know from Son of a Woman. Uh, the, the movie I associate him the most with is The Game. Sure. Um, with uh, um, you know the Fincher movie with the Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. He is the spokesperson for the company that is providing the game and uh he kind of shows up here and there in the movie and like you know his face when you look at so it's james r-e-b-h-o-r-n rebhorn Mm -hmm. and um unfortunately he died here a couple years ago um but like just like i'm um i'll look at his well so as an actor he has like 120 credits um, but like the example of a, a, of a working actor. So like if he was working, like he would, he died at, uh, he died at 65. So let's say he did, you know, uh, for 40 years he did acting, you know, he was, you know, three, three movies a year or, you know, you know, yeah. so that's what I would call the definition of a working actor, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just a great kind of, He's never going to be a leading man. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the, you know, the chin for it, the build for it, whatever, you know, balding. But you could always place him in a position where he could be kind of the bad guy. Yeah. 
kind of bad guy. The kind of yeah. bad guy. Um, yeah, I'm sure, honestly, I know the name um, from I'm looking at some of the stuff he's done. He appeared in Homeland a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that it was just like the, uh, like also starring, you know, he's, when they're doing the credits, TV credits for the like 30 seconds during the uh, the intro of the show or whatever. Yeah. With special uh, well, guests. Like it, one, way, one good way to do it is to go into IMDb and, and find the actor and then do an image, the images that go along with it. And then yeah. you can really place the, the face with the movie, mm-hmm. you know, or the whatever it is. Like uh, either Town of Mr. Ripley or, um, uh, you know, Independence Day or whatever it is that he uh, worked in. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. And most most of my guys have done a lot of uh, TV as well. Yeah. But. So, you're next. All right. Um, so my number five is um, someone who's appeared in uh, movies like Halloween and Carrie. Uh, oh, never in a leading yeah. role. Uh, she was also uh, in Stripes. Um, and then just a whole... Massive stuff after that. Um, I'm looking at stuff in the mid-2000s, things like Eternal. How could you forget? Uh, the Butterfly Room, another favorite. Um, <laughs> she did have a uh, bit role in uh, the latest Halloween movie, which I thought was cool. Uh, it's PJ Souls. Um, she has uh, 65 acting credits to her name. I think the least on my list this week. Um, but she's someone who she's a genre actor uh, who never, you know, she she was attractive, blonde, like she, you know, no one's going to believe that she's not banging, bro. Um, yeah. So she couldn't be the last girl alive because uh, she was not a virgin. No. Um, although that's probably it. Uh, you know, very good looking. Um, she probably most stands out for um, Halloween, but uh, yes, she, I would say that as well. Yeah, she just she's been popping up and stuff for a really long time, and even as she's gotten older, she still like has she has that same face that she had. Yeah, um, really. Which good for you? Yeah. Like nineteen seventy eight, she's still just like a great smile. Yeah. You know? Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Um, and even though she is not a household name, she is definitely, um, especially if you're a genre fan. Like she was in The Devil's Rejects. Um, she, she just kind of, I think a lot of people, especially, um, what is his name? Rob Zombie. I know that uh, Sid Haig, for example, hopefully I'm not, um, biting or uh, spoiling your list at all, but these are people that he grew up seeing. So he's like, ah, oh, I gotta, yeah, gotta use these people because they're awesome. Um, he's not wrong. So uh, PJ right. Souls, very good. I yes. like that a lot. I'm glad you, because <clears throat> that's the problem uh, with this list. It was a lot harder to come up for me to come up with women because mm-hmm. I was go- originally going to do like an A and B women and men sure like i it was hard to like pull up movies that they're 
very recognizable and 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 also with my self-imposed i don't know their name <laughs> yeah right so anyways um okay so my number two is a guy called so my first one was james rebhorn my yes. second one is named brian james huh and it's not spelled the normal way um it's b-r-i-o-n james and unfortunately, he died also in 1999. But you know him best uh, as Leon from Blade Runner yep. or uh, General M- Monroe from The Fifth Element. Um, and also, uh, he had a he had a what was the his I don't know what his character's name was in Ca- Cabin Boy, but a very distinctive face um, and a balding like a receding hairline that for yeah. days a uh, very big five head yeah um, really <clears throat> but uh brian james like you always knew he was either a bad guy or a dumb guy yeah in movies and like <laughs> it, it like and because he had that look right because he had i mean not good looking at all you know mm-hmm. weird looking nose big balding head um but uh and but he has this like kind of like like his chin kind of just becomes his neck Right. Yes. Uh, yes. He, but he's uh, a good actor. It's a, a weak chin. We would call that not yeah. a strong chin. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, like I said, like you, as soon as he, he shows up on, 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 on the TV or on on the on the big screen, you knew exactly where you stood with him. Like mm-hmm. there was no question, and there's a reason why they, he got casted, and um. Either as a bad guy or as a dumb guy, and uh, yeah, 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 such a soft chin. Um, but yeah, he uh, it just Google image search mm-hmm. these the people we're talking about, and yes, you will know exactly what we're talking about. And he, uh, yeah, I knew who he was. I just never knew who he was. Yeah, and unfortunately, he left us too soon. Mm-hmm. So. Right on. All right. Um, my number four, uh, you may know him from uh, actually why uh, I amended this list several times. As, as uh, you alluded to, you did the same thing. Uh, I was watching Home Alone for our John Hughes episode. And... Uh, the uh, when uh, Kevin's mom makes a call to the police department, it's like, man, I recognize that guy. I recognize his voice. I recognize his face. Uh, and this was one of those that I had to do the uh, reverse search. So, like, I know he's in this movie, so I got to slide through the whole cast, which um, sometimes people don't have pictures listed. And, it's, you know, you hope for the yeah. best. Uh well, I found Can I guess? Yeah. Larry Hankin? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah. Very good. He also I was I was doing a reverse thing as well. Yeah, he appears in uh Breaking Bad as old Joe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh he with the magnets. Uh, he's in uh uh um not Tommy Boy, but um uh, Happy Gilmore. No, not Happy Gilmore, but Billy Madison. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 
does he does the uh, Billy or what's his name? Brad Whit- Whitford's laugh. Brad. Yeah, uh, Eric. Eric. Yes. <laughs> oh man, what? Carl. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> so good to see you. Uh, what year was that? Yeah, Carl Alphonse. <coughs> it's always funny yes. when they give like characters who need absolutely no last name a last name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it could have been just Carl. Yeah, that's a really good pick because that that definitely would should have been on my list. Should have been. Um, oh, there's so many been. though. You know, I mean, it's it is weird that you forgot his role as bearded homeless guy on ER. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it or happens. Bart in the Superman. Yeah, yeah, the Superman. <laughs> um, yeah, so he has 182 credits to his name as an actor, and yeah. he just one look at him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, that guy. Yeah, so. just a, a a very distinguished face, but never a leading man. Yeah, yeah, he has a good voice too. I'm surprised. Like, I'm going through his stuff. I didn't see a lot of uh, voice acting, so maybe that's a that's an untapped uh, channel for him. Yeah, for sure. A little uh, free business idea there. Very good. No, that's really good. Uh, damn it. I wish I would have had him on my list. Fuck. All right. Oh, well. That's uh, <clears throat> that's one for you. <laughs> too. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, my next one. Or did you have any more? Uh, no. Bye. No. All right. Um, my next one is his name is Ball. Pa- uh, Ball. Ball. Bob. Gunton. Bob Gunton. Bob Gunton. All right. Uh, you'd know him as the the prison warden of the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, or yeah. The the um, the chief of police of Demolition Man. And, like, you always know. Absolutely. He's either going to be a soft-spoken old man or... No, he's the, he's the straight Or he's just the bad guy. Yeah. He's the rules... He's the rules bad guy. Yes, and Lada, um, <laughs> Sheriff, Dean, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Marshall. <laughs> Looking at all these titles he's had. <laughs> yeah, and Father, just, just... Father Thomas Peters. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look through some of the stuff. Uh, oh, he was yeah, bad guy in Broken Arrow. Um. He's always like he's always the. You could imagine him being like the, um, like in some kind of stupid rom com, the the owner of a, like the boss that doesn't want you to, like you need to be at work these mm-hmm. days or, you know whatever it is or just the stuffy old man. Yeah, definitely. And he plays it really well, and he's just a you know great character actor. Um, and uh, let me see his filmography. Yeah, 134 credits. Um, <clears throat> just whenever you use, like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully most of these guys, you know, girls or guys, you know, can break out and they do other stuff. And, you know, but you know you're in good hands because you know they're a good actor. And there's a reason why they keep getting cast. They're right. just not leading men or women. So, yes. Bob Gunn. Nice. All right. 
Um, so this, my next one is a twofer. Um, these two men appeared in one movie together. Um, one has 111 credits, the other 113. Mm-hmm. They might have appeared in more movies together, but there's one movie where they play off each other the entire time. Um, and I feel like since the mid-2000s, their stars have been rising. Because um, one of them was nominated for two Oscars. The other uh, nominated for three Golden Globes, and this was all pretty recently. Um, and it all seemed to happen for them after they appeared in the uh, golf cart in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard Jenkins. Oh, sorry. Damn it. Sorry I did that. What? Oh, I kind of <laughs> ruined it for you. Oh, no. You're, you, no, not at all. Um, Jenkins has 111 credits. Uh, Bradley Whitford, 113. Yeah. Um, most recently, um, Bradley Whitford was in Get Out and uh, Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water. Um, yeah. I remember Richard Jenkins like by his face, um, but the first time I really think I recognized him as Richard Jenkins was in Step Brothers. Yes. Where he actually got to play off Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, and was just um, really fun being the heel in that movie. Um, and Bradley Whitford, I definitely, obviously remember from he sticks out so much from Billy Matt Madison. Um, mm-hmm. I never watched The West Wing, but he was on there from '99 to '06, so he's steadily been working on that, um, which is crazy that he was in a TV show for. Uh, what is that, seven years, and <laughs> was able to rack up 113 credits. Um, yeah. And most recently was uh, had one of my favorite lines in uh, in the movie Get Out is he, I, I would have voted for Obama for a third mm-hmm. time if I could. That was such a good payoff, too, because of, you know, she set it up earlier mm-hmm. in a movie. It's just a nice little yeah. But, look, yeah. Look how not racist I am. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh and in yeah, as he ages because mm-hmm. he has such a punchable face. Yeah. Uh as a like, you know, Billy Madison and you know, all those other and, and maybe typecast, of course. Yeah. Um but uh but as he ages, like he's it seems like he might be able to get out of that kind of thing where he does some more because he was in uh when uh, I talked about the post a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He was in that and he was really good in it. And because mm-hmm. he wasn't he didn't play that sniveling yeah, nasal type character. His voice um, is kind of nasally, which is pretty good for sniveling. Mm-hmm. So. And maybe that's just acting too, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe, he's just yeah. playing you know, you know, playing a part. Uh but yeah, he was, you know, a good guy there but uh yeah richard jenkins fuck yeah how good yeah it's fantastic um <laughs> uh, i just um now learned that he was born in dekalb illinois uh which is where northern, northern illinois university is um interesting stuff good dude but yeah like you go through and there's like things you've heard of followed by a ton of shit that or not even a ton of shit but so, like, 2011, he was in The Rum Diaries. The next, mm. year, the next year, which I've heard of, actually was in three movies in 2011, Hall Pass, Friends with Benefits, and The Rum Diaries. Yeah. Um, all of which I believe I've heard of. 
Uh, and then the next year he does Liberal Arts, Darling Companion, and then closes the year out with, uh, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> he did six movies in 2012. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yep. <laughs> uh, Liberal yep. Arts, Darling Companion, The Cabin in the Woods, Killing Them Killing Softly, them softly. The yeah. Company You Keep, and Jack Reacher. Yeah, big movies. Yes, yes. Um, but him and Bradley Whitford together in the cabin in the woods was just no they play off each other so well um i remember um the opening of this movie is amazing i remember i was with my friend's dad like the two of us my um where we grew up there was a uh like two dollar theater i think it's five dollars now times have changed um but a two (laughs) dollar movie theater they would get movies late and um we're just Try, you know, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to go see this movie. He was kind of my movie buddy because we'd both see whatever the fuck. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'll meet you there. Uh, we go, and he leans over to me and he's like, are we in the wrong movie? Uh, because the opening of The Cabin in the Woods is the least horror movie opening of all time. Right. Uh, and Until it just slams the title on the screen, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but anyways... Yes, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. Um, they've definitely kind of come into their own as they've gotten older. Oh, sure. And especially Richard Jenkins, really, within the last, like, eight or nine years. I yeah. mean, it's it's been, a, like, and good for him, like, putting mm-hmm. in the time and, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean he's he was... been in some pretty big stuff. And, like, you would, yeah, I mean, you probably recognize him. You're just like, you know. Yeah. yeah, he he was nominated for um, uh, best supporting actor in uh, 2017 for The Shape of Water. Yeah, really good flick. I really like that movie. Yeah, I still have not seen it yet, but I want to, and that's got to count for something. <laughs> um, so this one, my last two are are a little bit rec- more recognizable. Okay. Um, uh, but I did not know their names, but you may know their names. But uh, Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason. Um, you will know him as soon as you see him, but best known for Breakfast Club and oh, sure. uh, yeah. Die Hard. Uh, Absolutely. So that guy actor, he also died here uh, in 2006, which sucks. But... Um, I mean, he is uh, uh, Mr. Vernon mm-hmm. from uh, from Breakfast Club, and he's he's uh, police deputy Dwayne T. What's his? Uh, uh, oh, damn it! Had it, <laughs> Dwayne T. Something, but like <clears throat> one of the things, and uh, we had a uh, ongoing joke. We had a baseball coach when we were uh, in grade school or maybe in junior high. And one of the things, one of the lines we liked so much from Die Hard was, and I can't remember if it was, um, if it was uh, uh, Sergeant Powell or, or uh, uh, John McClane, who's like said, Oh no, it was McClane. He's like, he's like, well, let me tell you something, Dwayne. (laughs) And we had a coach whose name was Dwayne. (laughs) And we that's the thing we like whenever he said something stupid, he was just a idiot high school coach. 
He's like, here you go, Dwayne. Like, and that was our, <laughs> our thing. And, um, but that was the guy. And, uh, you know, he's either, he, he always played the either incompetent. Inc- yeah. Well, he was always incompetent, you know, um, yeah. for the, for what I remember, man. But yeah, just, a uh, a working actor, uh, again, 146 credits. I mean, he was, yeah. Uh, hell, he had, he had a credit in 2011. Um, you know, five, four years after he died, five <laughs> years after he died. Yeah, there um, you go. Guy can't stop working. No. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely a recognizable face. Absolutely. Um, um and uh, an iconic character, where, it, but you still don't know his name. Like, no, no, no. I did not. Know especially his name. when you look back at the bre- bre- Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. So. He reprised his role in uh, not another teen movie. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. <laughs> Which I that might be just right place, right time. But I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you mess with the bull, you get the horns. It's that's a right. good lesson for all of us. All right, uh, my number two uh, has 234. Hold on a second. What's Wait that? one second. All right, all right. Uh, do you want to see the most homoerotic <laughs> poster ever? Uh, most definitely, for, uh, for research. That's right. Starring Ricky Schroeder and uh, Dermot, Mul- Dermot Mulroney. Mm-hmm. You know those names, right? I do. Go to IMDb. There goes my baby. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This this is absurd. There's so many things that are stupid about this. I know. I just there's like too much to handle. I know. <laughs> like Ricky Schroeder is leaning on something, but it's not Drinking in frame. It's yeah, not right. in frame, so his just head is by his or his like hand is like flush with his his chin parallel. So to maybe his they're chin. trying to like you know get him a little bit more cut. You know, maybe yeah for the poster. Yeah. Oh man, that's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and there's a Rome. I don't know what kind of soldier that is, but something with a peace sign. Damn, that is funny. <laughs> All right. It was the summer of '65. Rock and roll was alive, and the future of the country went looking for America. What? <laughs> I can't believe I haven't seen this. All right. Uh, so my number two <laughs> has 234 credits to his wow. name. Uh, he was in a couple of the aforementioned movies, Get Out. Uh, he was in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, he was in Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Um, but his, I think his most famous, but also least recognizable role, which might be why he wound up as that guy, uh, is Milton in Office Space, yeah. Stephen Root. 
It's pretty good. Like you can't, I, yeah, there's no way I can argue with that. That's. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I think that he's, yeah. as he shows up more, um, and I think movies like Dodgeball definitely helped and then Get Out, he had such a major role and like people recognize him. They like have an idea who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that that's definitely helped. Um, and he's just, he was so good in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I mean, he disappears into the role of Milton. Like you would not believe that this guy could actually be that guy. Yeah. Um, Cause Milton doesn't seem like a character. He just seems like someone who's like, who is that person? They're just not in on, in on the filming almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really talented, big, very big resume, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he's done some, some really big stuff. Yeah. I mean, just, <clears throat> um, Barry, the HBO show. Oh yes. Which is really good. I, um, but he's like a main character in that and he's really great. And like he, he will like disappear into that role. doesn't matter what he's doing. Like he'll, I mean, he pretty much is that character and like, yeah. you know who he is and like, Oh, there he is. But then all of a sudden you forget that it's him. Mm-hmm you know um where with you know like even with barry like you don't know like i can't forget it's bill Hader, but i do forget it's steven root you know what i mean sure absolutely um uh but yeah he's i mean yeah and he's fuck he was in that movie spectral we or i watched or we watched Mm -hmm. yeah i can't i don't remember him being in there no i don't either uh but yeah, it, he just yeah he just is always working and good for him. Yeah, I wonder if like like I look at like I go like I'll go from house to house, work in a house. Some of like really big houses, really nice and stuff, and some of them are you know just small and doing just little things in it. And I don't really distinguish the difference. I'm like, I'll remember some things from the big houses, but, like, it doesn't really... Like, I've been in enough big houses that they don't really impress me anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wonder if he's kind of the same way, being, like, work... Because it's pretty much the same thing. It's a trade, yeah. you know? It's like, and yeah, like, I've met a bunch of movie stars. What? Who the fuck cares? Yeah. or Yeah, or I've done a bunch of, you know, like... You know, people spend all this time like worshiping. I mean, hell, we do it a couple hours a week, right? You know, talking about it. I don't think there's too many podcasts out there talking about carpentry and how good you know mm-hmm. these working carpenters are out there. <clears throat> oh, finished carpentry is where it's at. I do a podcast right. about that. Those guys are the unsung heroes. <laughs> they are. All right. Um, I know we are almost done, but I don't want to just rush through it. Um, I got to go to the bathroom. Go do it. All right. So we'll BRB. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now we can finish this thing off properly. Mm-hmm. No uh, dancing in the chair, sweating, etc. From me. Still warm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I actually got a tie for my number one. Cause okay. I wanted to get a, uh, a lady. Lady on there, sure. Um, uh, so um, my first one, 
for 1A is going to be Francis Francis Fisher. Francis Fisher. Mm-hmm. And you would know her mm. as <clears throat> I bet you her best her biggest role is probably um she was was she the mother? Oh of, yeah. Uh Billy Zane in Titanic. Yes. And yeah, so like the uptight kind of uh lady, but you'd also know her from uh she was the 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 brothel manager, the whore uh mother. That does that sounds so bad. Whore mother? That whore, whore mother. of a mother. Whore mother. Yes. Um in Unforgiven. Yep. Um uh, which were probably her biggest roles, uh, but like she pops up everywhere. It's another example of uh, like 143 uh, credits. Yeah. Um, and really, like every time you see, it, like there's, you never have to worry about her not putting in a good performance. Like you never, like disappears into a role. You know, mm. uh, never. You know, unfortunately, like, and hopefully not past her prime. Well. Well, I mean, as far as like conventional looks goes, like why am I being politically correct? Like past her time, as far as being a leading lady, mm. you know, you know, it, um, it, that sounds terrible. But like, has should have an opportunity to have some kind of uh, recognition because like she is a very good actor and like just uh, like all you always feel safe in her in when she comes on screen because mm. she. Always nails it, um, and I I would put her equal as uh, her male counterpart as uh, Tom Wilkinson, and this sure. is one that I the name is a lot more familiar, uh, but you probably have heard the name, but you may not be able to place the name with the face. Uh, but just recently, uh, you watched Michael Clayton, yes, uh, and that would be him, the guy who. Uh, uh, Michael Clayton is playing, is trying to rein in, and um, uh, you know him from that. Uh, he was also in the Full Monty and the Grand Budapest Ho- uh, Hotel. But uh, I think uh, for our our, uh, our nerdy guys, our our comic book guys, yes. uh, he is Carmine Falcone in Batman Begins. Um, who was whenever. Uh, the scarecrow gets a hold of him. It's great, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Carmine Falcone I, plays a really big part in I th- what is it? <clears throat> uh, Batman Year One, I, I believe, or the Long Halloween. One of those two. Uh, year One, I think. Maybe both. Yeah. Um, um, well, I know like the Long Halloween, Year One, and. Um, there's another run, I can't remember, but the the whole mob uh, aspect. Yeah. Oh. Um, the Long Halloween runs into another one. Yeah. Um, because um, who was that? Joseph Loeb. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff Loeb. Loeb. Uh, John. John. Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yes. All right. Thank you, uh, but, Wikipedia. I think, but, but the Falcone character, mm-hmm. I believe, was a main... Because what uh, Nolan did was he stole 
from different um, runs, whether it's the long Halloween mm -hmm. or year one. Yeah. I mean, there's a direct, just a direct steal from year one whenever he lands and all the bats come down. Yeah. You know, that, that was a, a, I mean, it was a great scene in the movie and a great scene in the comics. Yeah. You know, where the cops are surrounding him and then he calls in all the bats. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, yes, Tom Wilkinson. Um, he's always that guy. He's usually a little sleazy. Mm-hmm. Generally not the good guy, uh, but sometimes he is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, those two are my one A and one B. Uh, nice. Um, Dark Victory is the sequel. Yes, Dark Victory. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, uh, that's probably my my favorite two. Like they run seamlessly together. Yeah, they're so easy to read back to back. Uh, and so if you good. throw year one in there, it mm -hmm. kind of makes sense as well because that's right at the beginning of his. Yeah. But. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, really good. Anyways, uh, my number one <laughs> actually um, could tie it into yours a little bit. Uh, he shows up in The Dark Knight. He is one of the... Uh, gangsters um he shows up in a lot of stuff actually um 518 things motherfucker to be uh specific uh but he gives the absolute worst piece of dialogue in uh the dark knight when he uh i forget who he tells but he lets someone know that it was ramirez and his delivery is just so god awful um it was Ramirez. Just so bad. Um, and that's the thing about Mr. Eric Roberts. Oh, is yeah. You recognize his face. Um, you've seen him in so much shit, obviously. Um, you but You wouldn't even know he's to the rest of sister. The yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, like you never, I, like I know that. But mm -hmm. like whenever I hear it, Always is like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Julia Roberts. Absolutely, she's way better. He is far and away the worst actor on my list. Yes. Like we talk, like we talk about, like um, the other guys on our list is like they keep showing up because they get the job done. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, <laughs> because he keeps showing up. Um, I feel like he, he might have been in the Sharknado movies. I don't know. Like that. Fuck. 518 credits. That's crazy. 518 credits. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt that you recognize him. Um, cause he's showed up in half a thousand things. Uh, but yeah, to me, he's just like, he's the type of guy who, um, <laughs> he oh was in God. Stalked by My Doctor, Patient's Revenge. <sighs> Stalked by My Oh, well, that brings up something else that I want to talk about with you. Um, or really, I just want you to tell me, slash the listeners. He has so much shit in pre-production. Oh, yeah. post-production and completed. Like, he has so many unreleased things he has in the 59 vault right now. upcoming projects. Yeah. 
That is insane. That guy is in a lot of stuff. That guy's right. Yeah. And it's funny because he is. Um, Julia Roberts is his sibling, and she just far and away uh, is, you know, instantly recognizable. Probably one of the like most famous smiles, Oscar winner. Um, she's only done sixty two credits, sixty two yeah. acting credits to her name. Yeah, which is oh. like, it's a, I feel like that's a lot. Like I, like for a leading lady. Oh yeah, right. for someone like Julia Roberts who probably gets top billing in at least most of her career was top billing, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and like you look at like De Niro, right? Sure. And he's been acting like he did like a De Palma thing before he did Mean Streets. So like like he's been working since like 1969 or 1970 so that's you know 50 you know 50 couple years of and that's like two a year yeah right um but like a Clooney 518 Christ that's a lot George Clooney no I'm thinking no I'm I'm still oh. thinking of Eric Roberts. <laughs> I was going to say, that is a lot for George Clooney. Well, George Clooney, you get a lot for um, Did a, lot of TV, a lot of his yeah. TV stuff. I would say a guy like maybe Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. 84 credits. That's pretty big. Yeah. Eight, I mean, George Clooney, 89 credits. So... I mean, and and that includes a lot of TV work. <laughs> Actually, it also includes a Nespresso video short. Yes, and that's yeah. Wow, he's got three, four, five, six, seven. That's insane. George Clooney has uh, seven, eight, nine. I'm sorry. I'm sure everyone listening knows how numbers work. Um, <laughs> so sorry for counting out loud. He has 10 Nespresso credits to his name. That is yeah. so fucking dumb. That's fine. So really, he has 79 credits. Because those are commer- those are just long commercials. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at Matt Damon's. He has an Nespresso credit as well. Oh, in the God. name of pleasure from thir- 2013. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he also appears with George Clooney in in the name of Plush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> the storyline, George gets snubbed by a woman who is more interested in the coffee than spending time with him. A while later, he converses with Matt Damon and pulls a trick on him. And, all right, where is, all right, add to watch list, done. All right. I wonder who like the best actor we know, or like the most famous actor mm-hmm. with the least amount of credits. I gotta imagine like Maybe a, like Daniel Day Lewis. Or, I was gonna say The Rock, but no, he's probably got a little. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Probably the Rock's Daniel doing Day like Lewis. three movies a year right now. That's Daniel right. Day yeah, Lewis has 29 credits. 
Who? Dan- exactly. Daniel. That guy, Daniel Day-Lewis. That's, yeah. That's the guy who picks and chooses his yeah. stuff. Yeah. A little pretentious. A little bit. Um, then you got a guy like uh, Joe Pesci, who just kind of walked away from the whole thing. He has 40 yeah. credits. He pretty much stopped. I know we talked about this last week, but pretty much stopped regularly working in 2008. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking at Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. If you go back, he's got thirteen credits. In nineteen till nineteen eighty nine, so he like in thirty years, basically he's worked thirteen times. You know, yeah. since my left foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cavenzel uh, Wallace from Beasts of Southern Wild was born <laughs> in two thousand and three, um, and since two thousand and twelve, she's appeared in ten movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. Way more than uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is doing out there. I was trying to think of a young actor, and she's who I thought of. She was nominated for an Oscar. I'm looking at, uh, oh, well, I'm I'm looking at uh, Barkad Abdi, mm-hmm. the guy from Captain Phillips. Yes. I'm the captain now. And from Good Times. Uh, oh, shit, he was in Blade Runner 2049. Can't remember that, but yeah, since he did Captain Phillips mm-hmm. in 2013, 17 credits. Jeez, man, that's funny. Daniel Day Lewis. That's funny. We're sitting here just saying, <laughs> just looking at shit. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just spouting off metrics that people can find on their own. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I <laughs> I dare you to try to find a better game. Jerk. Yeah. Who <laughs> who is famous but also not in a lot of stuff? Always a good one. Jay-Z, very famous. <laughs> but he's probably got quite a few credits. Oh yeah. From, uh, probably all the the videos and stuff. Music videos like any I think people get uh, IMDb credits for like SNL performances. It's not loading. Yeah. God damn it. Um, yeah, known for himself on Mab TV. Oh, soundtrack. No, that's not what we want. He has 207 soundtrack credits, 36 actor credits. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of them are. Apparently, music videos on here are known as video shorts. There you go. A lot of video shorts. But he was in a movie called State Property where he played Untouchable J. Untouchable J? Mm-hmm. Untouchable J? Yeah. Can't be touched. Yeah. Oh, so. fuck. I'm looking at Orson Welles. Yeah. 
Oof. And one of his last credits was Transformers the movie. Nice. In nineteen eighty six Unicron. <laughs> uh, it seems weird that he would get cast in that. Hmm. He was in Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. God damn it, we got to stop. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I did have a request from you. Oh, um, yes. And this yes. is a repeat for um, crossover listeners from Span the Void, which um, is probably a lot of people. But I did think it was so funny and movie-related and, and in well, season <laughs> that I feel like we got to talk about it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's So, there's like five or six that I found <laughs> on... Um, but I think the best one is this. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, like, yes. It, the the Hallmark movie, especially for Spandavoid, like, all of our wives are, like, uh, they just, it's always on. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, you just walk in and it's on. There's <laughs> some kind of Hallmark movie. And um, so <laughs> this is a little different from... I got two of them that are different than what I talked about. Right. So, uh, so you're supposed to pour yourself a Irish coffee mm-hmm. or a red wine, hot chocolate or a bourbon eggnog. Red wine, hot chocolate. Ooh. Yeah. I don't, uh, sometimes that kind of stuff goes together. Well, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Doesn't sound right, but, but, um, yeah, so, uh, take one sip. If the town is named after Christmas, <laughs> take a sip. If there's one obscure Christmas competition, <laughs> and it's hosted in a town square, in a town square or a gazebo, <laughs> uh, take a sip. If you meet a main character who does not have a Christmas themed name, that's a lot. Um, take a sip. If there's royalty. Bonus, take one sip for every obstacle that's stopping the main character from getting home for Christmas. Uh, Take two sips if there's an actress from the cast of Full House. That's a good one. (laughs) That's so good. Because what's her name? Cameron is in every one of those. Uh, uh, Kirk Cameron's sisters in all of them. Oh, yeah. Fuller blouse. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we all saw it. <laughs> oh, no. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, take two sips when the main character breaks it off with her workaholic Christmas-hating boyfriend or fiancé. <laughs> uh, take two sips when you meet the small child who will definitely be a matchmaker, matchmaker for the two main characters and probably also save Christmas. Take two sips for every actor you have to look up because you definitely remember from an 80, or from a 90s sitcom. Yeah, that guy. <clears throat> um, take three sips when the character who hates Christmas officially learns to love it. Take three <laughs> sips if there's a Christmas-themed wedding. Take three sips when Santa grants a wish. Take three sips when the family-owned business uh, takeover is thwarted. Nice. Uh, God damn it. This page keeps where you're doing. All right. So uh, let's do this one. Oh, that's the one I did on Span of Void. 
Um, Take three sips. Spiritual awakening. Let's do this one. Give me two seconds. Of course. Uh, Take a drink when there's a reference to a dead relative. Uh, when the main character's name is related to Christmas, example, Nick, Holic, Nick, Chris, etc. Or Ginger, as Brooke said tonight. Because Ginger. now that I've put it in her head, she can't stop listening. Um, Chris, Mr. Chris, Miss. <laughs> take a drink when a newcomer partakes in an old family or town tradition. Take a drink <laughs> when hot chocolate Apple cider or eggnog is referenced. Uh, take a sit, take a drink whenever there's a near miss kiss. <laughs> so we all know that when yeah. someone walks in and interrupts the kiss. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, take a drink whenever there's an obvious product advertisement. <laughs> uh, take a drink when there's a snowball fight or ice skating. Uh, take a drink when there's an ugly sweater or tie. Uh, <laughs> take a drink when there's a big city person transplanted in a small town. Oh, God. Take a drink when there's Christmas caroling or a tree farm or baking or, or, or when they're baking cookies. Take a drink when there's mistletoe. Take a drink when there's a magic deal with Santa or an angel. Nice. Take a drink when you, anytime you hear jingle bells. Nice. Uh, Take a drink whenever the characters are snowed in. Ooh. Uh, take a drink whenever the cynic is filled with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> take a shot if the movie stars Candace Cameron Bure or Lacey Chabert. Oh, which nice. Which I think from, is uh, the mean girl girls. from... Um, uh, uh, f- what is it? Five, five and a half people, or party five, party five. Uh, take a drink when there's a dead relative. Um, anytime someone disses a fake, disses fake Christmas trees. Uh, take a drink when a newcomer takes it. Oh, we did that already. I'm not going to decorate that tree. It's fake. And I think that might be it. I think that might be it. What more do you need? <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's so funny. Damn. Uh, Lacey Shepard has 139 credits to her name. They're all Christmas movies. Wow. One is, of it, is it Party of Five? One of them is Mean her? Girls. I think it is Party of Five. When was that? The is day? she the dark-haired, like, long... Uh, so, Winnie Cooper is now showing up in all my Christmas movies, too. Hell yeah. No complaints there. Um... When was Party 5? Party 5 was late 90s. I I believe. I mean, there definitely was a girl. Yes, it was her. (laughs) But like a girl who fit her description. I didn't get to finish my thought. (laughs) There was one that I watched whenever she makes a... uh, uh, she makes a deal with Santa 
or she wishes that she could be more assertive. Mm-hmm. And that just happens to work out well with her job where they're going up to some remote place. She has to meet, go up with her boss, and they fall in love. And blah, 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 blah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Danica McKellar, crowned for Christmas. <laughs> Winnie you know what? Maybe we should do a uh, a uh, commentary. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh yeah, Winnie she's hot now. Come she's always been hot. Call dude. it how I see it. Yeah, but I'm just not attracted to young kids anymore. Yeah, well she was hot whenever I was watching her that yeah. age. Yes, exactly. But I, I was in love with her. I've grown out of that. Oh, she's super hot. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Fred Savage was a chode. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, that's right. uh, Daniel Stern was the uh, yeah the narrator. For that. Right? A lot of people are like always surprised when I bust that one out at you know parties. Yeah. <laughs> when we're talking about the Wonder Years. Yeah. Hey, did you guys know? You guys remember Home Alone and the Wonder Years? Well. Prepare for your minds to be blown. Put your drinks down, because I've got a little story for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I'm definitely down to do a Christmas. This is why we need the... Uh, oh, you didn't listen to this week's Mads yet, but we were talking about VR, like this virtual reality living room where you can sit with your friends and watch movies. Oh. That's what we need for our commentary episode. Yeah, well, it's kind of like that, right? It's Yeah. No, that, and that's, I think, ultimately what we decide is it's pretty close to, to like, Skype or FaceTime. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's more involved, so I think people maybe think it's more cool. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I do know. Oh, so it's a real thing? Yes. Yeah, oh. like this um, Oculus Hangout or something. I know Oculus is um, like it's kind of like Ready VR Player brand. One. Yeah, maybe, it's very Ready Player One-esque. Like you have an avatar and you're all like around the table playing card games or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can pretty much go and do whatever you want. You go play yeah. card games or, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. The only thing I know for sure is that this beer was fantastic come across some goose island Burbank county pick it up will do and all i know is that if you're not lucky or if, well you've been lucky enough to hear these guys talk about those guys hell yeah and you could be that guy if you interact with us mm-hmm. do it and do all that stuff so Yep, and uh, yeah, I think we've done it. We did it, and I'm sleepy now. All right. Bye. See you guys. All day I face the barren waste Without the taste of water Cool water 
The nights are cool and I'm a fool Each star's a pool of water Listen to him, Dan, he's the devil, not a man, and he spreads the burning sand with water. Dan, can you see?